Welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanam, Mr. Rob, and Zane. We got Ken filling in for Rob today. What's up, y'all? What's up, Doc? Yo, I want to send a condolences to um to Rob's family. You know, he, he, he lost a loved one today, so he couldn't be here. So, you know, we sending our well wishes to him and his family. Um, you know, just offering condolences to the family. I'm sure Rob will be back with us next week. He's here with us this week in spirit, but the brother took the night off. Actually, shot to 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 to, to alley-oop that. Can we get a moment of silence? Yeah, for sure. Right. Here we go. Z, what's up? How your week been? Cooling, man. Trying to stay away from these damn cicadas, man. Cicadas <laughs> is everywhere, man. Like, yo, like, every time that I'm outside and I try to sweep these drinks up or whatever from off the steps or wherever, I kid you not, like, two hours later, I come out and it's like a multiple of three times whatever I already swept up outside. So... Yeah, man. I mean, um, expect well, the, it kind of calmed down a little bit because it was it was raining down here. It was kind of cloudy the last two days or whatever. But well, on them, on them humid days, man, them things, man, the things are everywhere. And you know what them things look like, man? This, uh, what's that movie that came out? The the the, the uh, not Avengers. What's, what's that thing? <laughs> the thing with Dark Side, Superman, and all of them. Oh, Justice God. League. Justice League. Yeah, those them things look, look like the things that came out. They were like uh, from Dark Dark Side's Henchmen. That, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost yelled Zane. I almost said that movie. Yeah. So we got a we got a we got a good show. We got a good interview lined up for you guys before we get into our topics um, for the evening. I want to bring in our guest Watson, aka Mr. Watson. What's up, brother? How you doing? Yo, what's going on? How y'all doing? Good. What's you out there soaking up that sun in Cali, huh? Yeah, I'm soaking ah. up the sun out here. I'm not gonna lie, man. Just man. soaking up, bro. What 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 uh what took you out to Cali? What you out there doing? Um, I'm out here. I'm actually I'm photographing for a few different people. So I'm photographing for Brian Michael Cox. I don't know if you guys know who Brian. Yeah, Michael. yeah. Cool. Um, did a lot of Jagged Edge stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Mary J. Blige. Um. He actually just posted a video that he did of him. I don't, I'm supposed to have my phone sideways, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, you good, you good, you good. You good. Um, but yeah, no, um, he was showing, he posted a video he did of Biggie wow. spitting um, in the studio. You should go and check it out. It's on his Instagram. And he was behind the SSL, the one actually like recording it. And he was like, yo, it was just, at the time we didn't even know how legendary you know what I mean? It was like we knew that he was something, but you know, it's when that album came out, it was like bigger than we could ever even have imagined. You know, of course, of course, man. So you and I had an opportunity, oddly enough, to meet on a flight. I was going down to Atlanta for my um, for my daughter's graduation. I was with my family, and we just started chopping it up. And you know, we had a chance to talk about like your photography, your beats, and everything. But what we really didn't delve into is like your um, your backstory. So you want to share with our viewers, you know, who who exactly is Mr. Watson? Yeah, I mean for sure. Um, you know, Mr. Watson. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an artist. I'm a I'm a producer. I'm a photographer. Um, 
I'm a rapper. You know, um, Mr. Watson is many different things. Um, I'm originally from Estes Park, Colorado, so I grew up like in the middle of nowhere, Midwest, <laughs> like small ass fucking high school. I, I think my graduating class was like 72 kids. Wow. Um, I came from a super like kind of traumatic experience as a child, you know, I, like with my mother and my father, I jumped from home to home to home. I, I lived like in five different homes um, between middle school and high school. And, um, you know, just naturally gravitated towards music and towards hip hop and like the, you know, the essence of hip hop and the stories that were told and and, and the how, how could I relate my life and my experience to what I was listening to, you know, and just taking influences from that. And then, you know, now it's, it's funny, now I'm really focused and I'm really delved back into the music. I've dived back into it a lot because I just have such a love and an affinity for hip hop. But the whole reason I got into photography in the first place was so I could get the right connections in the industry. You know, I knew that I had to have an in. I knew that I had to be able to meet these people, you know, because ain't nobody want to listen. You know, I'm a white boy from Atlanta, like, you know, and I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to be what I am. And like a lot of times, like, it's like, no, you gotta be this. You can't be urban. You gotta sound like this. It's gotta be pop. You look like fucking Justin Bieber, bro. But like, I got knowledge, bro, on game. I got knowledge on hip hop. Like I'm ahead, bro. Like I'm ahead of graffiti. I'm ahead of all this shit, you know what I mean? And and so for me, photography was like really the, the, the route to go. So, you know, I've done more in photography than I've done in music up to this point, but it's, I think it's all for a bigger purpose. And I was playing you some beats that I produced, but um, you know, there've been like 15 plus years where it was just straight freestyling and, and just going out every night to every spot I could perform at to try to get attention, you know? Um, if you, if, two or three you, spots sometimes. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you comfortable with um with sharing, you comfortable with telling us like why you you know why you moved around a little bit as as a teenager? Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy situation, man. I just you know I love both of my parents. I love my mom and my dad. Um, you know, we we just definitely have our differences. You know, my dad had a kind of rough upbringing. His parents got divorced when he was younger and. He fell into a little a little habit, you know what I mean? A little drug habit or whatever. And, and, um, and just had major anger issues and shit and kind of still does to this day, you know? And, and my dad always took out his, his frustrations as not achieving things because the way things have gone in his life out on me as a child, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you ain't shit. You ain't ever gonna do nothing. Like. You know what I mean? You're garbage. Like, my dad used to come to my football games and leave at halftime, wouldn't even talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'd show up, but wouldn't show up the full way. And, like, my dad became super abusive physically and, and, and mentally and just for years, bro. I was like a slave to my dad for real. Yeah. When I lived with him in middle school, like, you know, and I don't, I don't like, to, you know, maybe the world needs to know, like, maybe I should just talk about it. Like, I, I don't really talk about it. I haven't, like, released it to the world or anything, but, you know, um, there's definitely some crazy shit. I got flown, thrown down a flight of stairs one time. I went back to my dad's house, and, like, there's still a dent in the door from where my dad threw me head first in when I was in middle school and beat my ass. 
Like, I'll go back and look at that shit and just be like, man, this shit's fucked up, you know? Yeah. Yo, and, that's to your story, though, to tell for your music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And, and, and that's, that's, I got a crazy story, bro. Like, it's insane. You wouldn't believe it, bro. Like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I'm out in L.A. right now, and I, I got a photograph of Travis Kalanick, the founder of Uber, on, on Tuesday. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's crazy, bro. The, the people I've met, the people I've looked up to, you know, when I was in high school, I used to love Master Ace so much. I think we had touched on Ace a little bit. And, um, and I listened to Han Lock's, uh Long Hot Summer and Disposable Arts all the time, bro. Like, that was my jam, you know what I mean? And, um, and you know, I, I luckily, I, I linked up with Marco Polo when I was in New York. And um, I connected with Marco, and Marco was like, yo, I'm, I'm doing an album with Ace. Like, do you want to photograph us for it? Like get the cover and stuff I, sh I shot some shots for the cover they ended up choosing a shot of Brooklyn but if you get the vinyl on the inside I did all the photography for it nice. photographs oh, of of, of, um, of Ace and, and Marco and it's just crazy because like for me I looked up to those dudes as a kid for real in high school bro like I looked up to Ace majorly like I still do to this day and and all these like older heads you know like like god bless mf doom you know he's gone now but mf doom and nf grim were my shit bro growing yeah, up yeah. alchemist i mean ninth wonder shout out to detroit jay dilla slum village you know all that shit bro so yeah, like, you, you running down the head those are heavy hitters those the, yeah. the real true and real hip-hop legends yeah yeah and i still you know i still got love for, for all the new shit i got love for dre and timberland i got love for kanye major major love for kanye he's a major influence on me no id you know premiere i mean primo come on you can't list shit without listening primo diamond d mm -hmm. all of them bro like I, I got so much love for for this you know and i'm like why am i holding it back you know i got so involved in photography trying to make a name in photography that it's like i almost forgot about how much i love this shit mm -hmm. yeah. you know yeah. i have if, i have now go ahead go ahead, go ahead. I have I have two questions, right? Um, okay. A lot of times, when people make it, man, they don't they don't know the intricate details or the sacrifices that you've made in order to make it to where you are right now, as far as in the business. So, were there were there ever times where you felt like giving up, but you but you know you uh, you know you had talked about this, you know situation with your dad, so I, I'm I'm very sure you use that as like fuel. You to bro, the all, the, all the fucking time, bro. I swear, even to this day, still, bro. Like my daughter, you know, I'm gonna I'm keep it 100. You know, I, I'm in a I'm in a point in my life now where I'm really I've gotten help for myself and all this shit. You know, two months ago I was smoking 30 fucking joints a day and two packs of cigarettes a day, bro. Freaking Ooh. out about my life and shit. My daughter got put in a fucking psychiatric hospital. She got taken away from me and my wife for three days. She's eight years old, bro. I had to go to a hospital to get her out. After me and my wife have a place in Atlanta and we had a girl staying there in our crib in Atlanta, paying us to stay there or whatever. And my wife's like, yo, go and check up on this girl or whatever. I go check up on her. She asked me if I want to smoke a joint. I'm like, sure. She pulls out this bag and there's like a whole bag of crystal meth. You know what I'm oh. saying? And this girl got a four-year-old daughter staying at our crib, like drinking yeah. crystal meth and shit. And my wife's oh. like, yo, like she should come and like stay with us in North Carolina. And I'm like, man, like I don't know how I feel about this, but I feel like it's God's work. You know what I'm saying? It's God's work. Like God, 
good things done onto other men, she'll come back onto you. You know what I mean? So like, and not not to be sexist, but onto women as well, obviously. But you know what I mean? So we had her come up and stay at our spot in North Carolina for a whole month, bro. And like, she had like, she had, I'd, I'd stopped doing music for a long time because I'd just been so much in photography and stressing to make a name for myself, bro. Cause it's hard when you go and you know billionaires, but you ain't in the bag like that yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's where I'm at, bro, like in my life. And that's just a stage and a phase that I have to realize that God has me and for me to ultimately get where I want to go, you know? I know so many successful motherfuckers, bro, and the places I've been are crazy, but you begin to realize it's like none of this shit matters, bro. What matters is the connection that you have to the higher intelligence that is in the world, bro. Mm -hmm. That's why music is so garbage right now, for real, because everybody want to sound like someone else. Nobody want to truly understand what it means to be themselves because everybody's trying to impress. You know, the greatest music that I love is motherfuckers talking about their struggles, their difficult times, their tribulations, bro. Nowadays, artists come out and it's like, motherfucker, I already made it. Wait, what happened to the struggle, though? That's where the good shit. That's like jumping to a sophomore or junior album with you even having a freshman release, bro. Like, come on. And that's what we're dealing with today. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry, I ramble on. I, I love that question. But to answer your question simply, like, bro, every day, every day, bro, I deal with doubt. I have motherfuckers that, like, won't even won't even like listen to me you know what i'm saying i'm trying to play beats i'm trying to be out here doing shit with people you know showing platinum producers and people i know and they just don't even want to hear it i feel like a young kanye that's what i was gonna say that remind me of kanye struggle you know what's yeah. funny though I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you brought that up because last week we had uh uh, uh rampage. rampage rampage last week which which is which is buster Rhymes' cousin of course rampage is from flip mode squad and stuff like that and Rampage actually is, is looking for beats, bro. So you well, might want to... Uh, looking for beats. Anybody who's looking for beats, man, that come on here that you know, bro. Like, okay. I, I'm really I'm really in my own vein right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to figure out how to get shit to knock exactly the way that I want. But that's something that I've been working on for years. That's just a part of the formula, you know? Yeah. But I definitely feel like I have something to contribute, bro. Especially when it comes to freestyling and lyrics, bro. Because... Like, I feel like people can't hang for real. And that's not me trying to say I'm better than anybody else. That's just me knowing that I put 15 years into this shit. I put my 10,000 hours. I'm Malcolm Gladwell this shit, bro, for real. Like, multiple times, you know what I mean? So, like, like that's just the reality. So, I just, you know, I got something to say. And, and I've been so afraid of saying it for so long because I've, I've been so afraid of what I thought other people were going to think of me. Because nah, you got to do it for you. Yeah, and I think for me, the hardest part is like when you grow up your whole life and your father tell you ain't shit, all your coaches and every athletic and like, I played football in college, bro. My coach, my coaches used to be like, you ain't shit. We go, they used to call me Rudy, bro. They used to call me Rudy. No joke, bro, I swear to God. My wide receiver coach in college, Weber International University, NAIA school, bro, Division Three. you should check this shit out. My coach used to, his name is Coach Simmons. This motherfucker used to be like, yo, Skeen, my, my real last name is Skeen. He's like, yo, Skeen, if you ever get in, I swear to God, you better fall down, grab your hamstring, and yell ambulance. <laughs> you know, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. For those that, for those who don't know who, who Rudy is, so Rudy is actually a, a, a true story. Rudy is yeah. a story of a dude who was a walk-on 
to Notre Dame that he spent several years. I think he went to a JUCO also in, 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 in Indiana trying to get to Notre Dame. And the whole premise of his story is that if you keep going, eventually you could get there. I think he ended up getting in like the last game yeah. eligibility and went for the unauthorized sack. And the, the yeah. highlight of his career is his statistic line is one sack, one play, one sack. But that's supposed to be a true story. Yeah, man. And, you know, I feel like it is a true story. And everyone, like, you look at all these stories, it's like the legends are the people who never, who just don't stop, bro. You can't stop. Like, I don't have another option, bro. I don't. Like, I got a family now. I got an eight-year-old daughter. And, like, I, I, I'm hitting a point in my life where I'm like, yo, I got to work on my shit. Because if I'm not working on my shit, how the fuck am I going to be the greatest for real, bro? The greatest wake up at 5 a.m. and run three miles to the gym, work out for an hour and run back while they write, thinking of writing raps in their head, you know? And they doing that shit daily as an exercise, bro. The yeah. greatest stay in books, bro. The greatest devour knowledge, bro. They know shit. Think and grow rich. Dale Carnegie, you know, as a man thinking. James Allen, bro. I'd like, stay sharp on the mind, bro. And that's yeah. like the most important thing. People are getting lost out here, bro. We in an era where motherfuckers don't even know who they are. Yeah. They're not trying to find out either. Yo, Ken, let me ask you this. Do you think the defensive coordinator called the blitz play for Rudy? I guarantee you he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you not. Pretty much sure he wanted him to take a knee or sit out. The game was over. You know? <laughs> There's no, no blitz play, nothing. Just lay down. Just go out there and be happy you got Ambulance in this motherfucker. Yeah. Don't go out there sacking nobody. Hey, I just got a couple of questions. I know it was him, like, you know, from the music, you know, doing some production stuff myself and everything. The competitiveness in the music, could you tell us, like, what the competitiveness is like with photography? Because I know there's, there's tons of photographers out there. You know, how does how does that work? Or how do you, like, how do you reach out to these guys and how do people make connections as photographers? Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting too, like an interesting question as well, because like with me, you know, I was kind of different, man. Like I picked up a camera and was like, yo, you know, I don't want to be out here shooting naked hoes to try to get fucked. You know what I mean? Which is like how a lot of photographers start. And maybe I did that a few times at the beginning, you know what I mean? <laughs> but fact is I used to work for Christian Louboutin, like a shoe, oh. shoe company, you know? So, red bottom shoes, and uh, during that duration of that time, I get bored during the day, and, and I was kind of shooting. Um, I had a homeboy that I played football with in college come up to Atlanta and was like, yo, man, I'm gonna do some video. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna get out, and he did some stuff for the short time he was here. Like, he, he, went, on, he went on the road with Bankroll Fresh and shit. God rest, rest in peace, Bankroll, you know? And, um, like, he did his thing, but, I, I was like, yo, can I borrow the camera? I was trying to talk to this chick at this time. And, and I started taking some photos and I really liked them. And I was like, yo, like, maybe I could do this shit. And I started watching documentaries. I was like, yo, who are the greatest photographers? You know, like, I don't know shit about photography. Like, who are who is the Jay-Z of the photograph? You know what I mean? Who is like, who's the Nas of the photograph? You know, and I just started researching stuff. I came across, across Gordon Parks, um, Steve McCurry, um, I mean, there's so many of them. Diane Arbus, Ma Mary Ellen Mark, Annie Leibovitz, um, 
Richard Avedon, a lot of different people and across all different genres, fashion, street photography. But I found that I love street photography because, you know, I could relate kind of like with my my addiction issues of people of addiction and, and people of lesser environments. And I was like, yo, man, like watching these videos of how these photographers are doing it. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to photograph something that's crazy that people will be like, oh, shit. Like, how did this white boy get this access, you know? Like, how is it possible? And um, anyways, I was working at Louboutin. And one night, somebody drove a car through the front window and stole all the one-off shoes. $250,000 worth of damage, bro. This was like 2015. $250,000 worth of damage. Smash and grab and only got one shoe. Like one shoe out of the two shoes on the floor. Cause they only put they only put the, the right foot on the floor. The left foot ain't on the floor. You know what I mean? So they smash and grab and they got a few shoes out the back. They were successful. And on the way out they were running and they dropped some. Like at the entryway and they fell and like they were in some glass or whatever and they didn't have time to go and get them back. And um so my boss calls us in the next day and is like, yo, y'all wanna can you help me clean? And like, I go and help them clean up all the mess and everything. And, you know, other employees had helped. And like, he ended up being like, yo man, these shoes are about to get damaged, right? Like, I'm gonna have to send them back to corporate. They're gonna shred them. He's like, or we could just claim it. You know what I mean? On the insurance, say that they were the, some of the pair that got taken or whatever, you can keep them. So like, he gave me two pairs of shoes, man, and I flipped them to my client and I sold them shits and bought a camera like the next wow. day. And that's how I got like a legit camera, you know? And then from there, I just started going down and photographing drug addicts, photographing all different types of, you know. All right, well, that's not real. The, the story goes like this. Sorry, I don't want to like keep you out. It's, it's an interesting story. I just don't want to be long winded, you know? Um, so I get this camera and I go down to Pine Street. It's a homeless shelter off of Peachtree, right? And I'm like, yo, tonight I'm gonna see if I can like get somebody to let me take a picture of them smoking crack, right? I'm like set in my mind that this is like what I'm gonna fucking do. I've never seen someone smoke crack in my life. Like I'm from fucking Estes Park, Colorado, man. Like I don't even know if people buy crack if you wanted to. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, for real, like, so. I end up going down here and I see this dude standing by this telephone pole and I go up to him and I'm like, yo man, like, you know anybody like who smokes crack around here? Like would let me take a picture of him smoking crack. I'm like just real blunt with this guy. And this guy looks at me like I'm fucking crazy, right? You know what I'm saying? You gotta be like 50 something African-American dude looking at me like, bro, this white boy really is asking me if he knows someone who smoked crack. And I'm like, you know, just looking fucking crazy. So plus it's like 1 a.m. in the morning and I'm, I'm outside of a homeless shelter. Fucking you probably thought you were a cop. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a brand new camera. Like, yeah, what is this motherfucker, 12 or something? So I end up going, I'm talking to this dude and he's like, no, man, I don't. I was like, well, shit, you know, I got $10. Like, I'm just trying to find someone to let me get some jobs. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, oh, well, in that case, this motherfucker pulled out a pipe and lit up right there. And I captured, I captured three shots of him. And wow. next thing you know, this dude comes from across the way at, um, uh, from the homeless shelter. And is like, yo, um, you want to take a photograph of me? And I was like, sure, shit, why not? So I reach in my pocket and I go and like I get, I have $5 at the time. 
I go to give him this $5 and the dude fucking swings and hits me right in the chin, bro. I fall down, like it was a good shot. It didn't knock me out, but I was fucked up. Like I fell down to the ground, everything. I'm looking at this dude, I look up at him and I'm like, yo, like, what the fuck? And he's like, man, give me a fucking camera. And he's like, give me your fucking money too and your wallet, all your shit. And I'm like, fuck, this dude has like, he pulls out a steak knife. And I'm like, fuck, man, this shit is fucked up right now. So I'm looking at this dude, I'm like taking my camera, I'm like unwinding, I'm like, man, I just got this shit, I'm like a month in. And next thing you know, this dude that I just took a picture of smoking crack and gave $10 fucking comes from around, like around me and fucking pushes this dude. The dude ain't paying attention and he fucking falls to the ground. And it's like laying there, like kind of gets fucked up because he wasn't expecting, he was blindsided. And the, the dude that I took the photo of smoking crack, he was, he looks back and he looks down. And he's like, yo, get the fuck out of here. And he was, I was like, fuck it. I got up and I sprinted, bro. I was bleeding and everything, blood coming out of my nose, all this shit. And I get back to my apartment and I'm sitting there, I'm like shaking. You know how you be shaking after some shit happens? You're like, fuck, dude, this is fuck. Crazy, freaking out. And I pull up my computer, I put the memory card in my computer, and I look at the photo, and I'm like, holy shit. This is one of the illest photos. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's beautiful. It's like somebody smoking crack, but it's like, beautiful it looks like god is in the image it looks like i don't know if you like art or painting but it looks like a rembrandt or like an early baroque style renaissance like feeling because of the light it's like hard light this dude with this broken pipe it's not even a full pipe fucking hitting it and just the backlight of like a telephone pole light with the front light of a fucking lighter in this dude's face with a fur hood on. It was raining outside, the rain's on the hood, everything. And it's just like this hard ass, gritty ass image that is like what it is, like street smoking crack shit. And I went home, I'm looking at it. I'm like, yo, this shit is fucking bananas right now. And I was like, man, I really wanna have a body of work that feels like this photo though, you know? I'm like, one photo is great but how can I make a body of work like this? And so I'm working at Louboutin and I decide, I'm like, man, I'm not gonna go down there and just offer to pay people for photographs anymore. That shit's fucking stupid. You know, I, I learned from my mistake the first time. So I ended up going to Bankhead. I'm working at Louboutin at the time. So I'm going after I get off work and I go down to Bankhead, which is in the west side of Atlanta, it's not, not a nice area. It's not an area. Yeah. Okay. If you're a white person and you're caught in Bankhead, you'll get pulled over and they're asking you if you're getting boy or girl or your dog food or what the fuck are you doing out there? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, why are you here? Like, yeah. white people only go there to buy drugs for real. So, like, you know, now it's changing, but this was like seven, six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm fucking down there and I go down there and I don't even bring my camera I bring I buy like four or five Schultz high gravity 10% alcohol beers with me and I go and buy some fucking pack of Newports and I go down there and I just start sitting and drinking beer and fucking smoking cigarettes with these people that live on this bridge off of Simpson Road and, or it might be Donna Lee Hollowell but I'm sitting there and it's like a bridge and right next to it is a storage unit place you know and 
the storage unit, like sometimes people get evicted from not paying their storage shit. We can't, you lost, we lost your audio. All right, it's back. Hold on, my bad. Yo, so, um, can you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah, my yeah. bad, I'm sorry guys, I, I just gotta listen. So I go down every time the storage unit evicts someone, these homeless people are taking like the shit. So they living under a bridge, but they got a full fucking bed under the bridge. Like legit <laughs> a full mattress. Stacked on top of coolers and shit. They got fucking down comforter, pillows, all this shit. Chilling out under a bridge, bro. Real shit. I took a picture. I took a picture of it. I got it's it's probably one of my favorite images I've ever taken. And they chilling there and that's just where they live, man. And I build these relationships with these people and really try to understand their life and like understand their lifestyle and like what it means to do what they do. You know what I mean? I follow them around. I would walk fucking five miles a day with them sometimes to go. We'd walk from Bankhead down Howell Mill to, I don't know what the side road is, but it's far as fuck. And we, they go and they just fucking fly signs and get $15, walk another two, three miles back to the hood, go and get some heroin, fucking shoot up and go and do it again. And it would just be a rotation of that all day. You know, you know, what you know I, was, I was thinking while you're saying that, it makes me, it makes me wonder like, um, you know, the value of a digital portfolio versus a physical portfolio. And I think about that because kids in this day and age, how many kids in this day and age are actually gonna hold a physical photo of even themselves? in their hand, like everything is even on their camera phone, well, the camera or the computer, which is, which do you prefer? Oh, or do you still need a such a photo? good question, bro. Okay, so that's such a good question because I look at photography as fine art. You know what I mean? I, I look at, I've always looked at myself as like, yo, you are a student of the masters. You study the masters, like you are a fine artist. You know what I mean? Like because I have, I've, I've been a, I've been a student of the arts. I, I, it's funny, I was writing a rhyme, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm a student of the arts, that's why you see me on the track and I'm climbing on the charts, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm -hmm. true. So like, I feel like for photography, it, it, it anybody can do it how they wanna do it. Like, listen, you wanna go print some images at the fucking Walmart kiosk and sell them for $15, like, go ahead. But for me, I prefer to be like, yo, I wanna print on the best paper, I want to go to the best printer in the world. I'm going to have the best retoucher retouch it the way that I want it to be retouched. And I'm going to fucking find the best framer that exists. And I'm going to put the best product out. And I'm going to only make like two or three of them. And I'm going to charge this amount for it. You know what I'm saying? So, and that amount happens to be between, you know, $5,000 and $10,000 at the moment right now. You know, I'm hoping that on the market it can climb as I get bigger clientele. But that's just the market. You know, so I look at it as fine art. Like, you gotta draw the line what you want for yourself whenever you're doing it, you know? But don't come out looking like a fucking dumbass when you don't know shit about, about the, you know? That's like calling yourself a rapper and you don't know Big L is. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, no, you didn't study the masters. How are you gonna call yourself that? So I look at it that way with every single thing I do, bro with photography, with 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 music, with rapping, anything that I do, anything I touch, bro. Art, like, I wanna be looked at as like, yo, this motherfucker is great or one of the greatest because he studied the greatest that came before him. And that's the philosophy, you know? 
So what do you think about um, all of these people that have become iPhone photographers? Listen, I'm not going to hate the hustle. I don't do that. I don't hate the hustle. I respect whatever anybody wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Does that mean that it's necessarily for me? No. Does that mean that it's the way that I want to do shit? No. You know what I mean? But to each their own. And to be honest with you, everybody got to start somewhere. They got it. You got to start somewhere. The shit ain't going to come overnight. You know what I mean? You got to get influenced somewhere. You got to visualize what you want in your life. And you got to place that vision in your mind and just, you know, it's like Les Brown said. Les Brown said in the speech, he's like, man, you go and you knock on a door. Somebody may not answer. You knock again. Somebody may say who's there. You knock a third time. Motherfucker might say go away. But you keep knocking. Eventually, they're going to open the door, bro. They're going to let you in. They're at least going to see what's going on. You know what I mean? And I feel the same way about life philosophically. It's like, you got to keep knocking at whatever you're doing to get and open that door. You know what I mean? Whatever it takes. This is the mission. I'm fucking doing this. I'm not, whatever it takes. People going to say no. People going to talk shit. Like, it's just natural. But listen, I respect a motherfucker out here on an iPhone. If I go to hood and see somebody on an iPhone photographing some shit and doing it in a creative way, I'm going to show a lot more respect for that guy than I am the Instagram flat fucking making a video of a new Starbucks, Schmarbucks, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Desi. Uh, now, I, I know, you know, within the industry, there's always uh, a lot of stories to where a person can tell you no, and that'll be the biggest yes well, you can, I mean, sorry. A person can tell you no, and you can create the biggest yes. So without saying any names, I, I, I don't know if you want to say a name or not, but was there ever one or two people that told you no, and then eventually you caught back up to them, and you was like, you know, basically like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back, or I'm doing okay, my okay, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got, a, I got an interesting story about that, okay. How you like so- me now type situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this isn't like now, but it pertains to something that I did really recently. So back early in my career, look, when I got fired from Louboutin, um, I was fucked because like I I had just photographed homeless people. You know, I didn't I, I had a portfolio of the illest street and gang shit you've ever seen, right? And I'm a white boy coming out trying to fucking figure out how to make money in photography. So I um I meet this girl, uh, uh, this WNBA basketball player. Her name is Angel McCautry. And at this time, she was dating this girl named Brandy. Um, shout out to Brandy Serrano. I think Just Be Amused, I think, is her Instagram tag. I don't know anymore. But, yo, Brandy used to look out for me. I used to go and just photograph this chick, Brandy, right? And, and like, she used to pay me monthly for this shit. You know what I mean? And it wasn't much. It was, like, 500 bucks a month or whatever. And, um... We're just doing our thing. I just do different looks for her and shit. Shout out to Angel, to Angel McCautry. Like, they both really looked out for me in the the beginning. And they introduced me to a lady, her name, uh, Leticia was her name. At the time, she was um, Shaquille O'Neal's girl, right? Wow. So, I'm and like his main girl, not like some, you know, like his main shit. Like you watch the Hall of Fame speech of Shaquille O'Neal, she's sitting right next to his ass. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I, I had always been like, she asked me to do a photo shoot for her and her sister for free. And, you know, they were like, we want to try you out or whatever. And I'm like, man, like, this is the beginning of my career. I'm like, man, I'm not trying to, like, whatever, cool, I'll do it. 
right? You know, and and I'm like, but you know, could you could you link me up? Could I maybe get a portrait of Shaq? You know what I mean? That would really like launch my career. You know, that would help me on some shit in a major way. You know what I mean? And and like it just never happened. It never came through. I don't know. And for Shaq fell out. What the fuck happened? Whatever. But you know, fast forward a couple years. In fact, like a month ago, two months ago, you know, I just got contracted to photograph Shaquille O'Neal for the Wall Street Journal. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, what goes around comes around. I feel like if you set it in your mind, it don't really matter what people are gonna say, bro, because God is going to find that path for you. He is, you know. But you gotta set it in there, like, you know what I mean? It may not be tomorrow, but. That that don't mean it's not gonna be next year. You know what I mean? That don't mean that it's not gonna be. You know, and you just gotta have that implementing in your mind, man. Like right now, I'm just thinking about like, damn, bro. I'd love for Dre just to hear me rap and freestyle and shit. I'd love to work with Dre. You know, like Dr. Dre is like one of my, I think, undisputably, probably the greatest producer of all time. And that's that's saying a lot, bro. I love producing, but I'm talking about the way. That it sounds, and we're talking about just on some like. Let me not. Let me not say this. Let me rephrase, okay? Not the greatest. I can't say greatest of all time because that's just there's so many great motherfuckers. But for the sound that I personally love, of how it sounds, you know what I mean? Like your kick, the way it pierces, your snare, the way it pierces, the way you fucking just. The beat hits you in the fucking face, you know what I'm saying? So many examples, bro. And it's like NWA, Easy E, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Warren G, Nate Dogg, Eminem, fucking 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, Corday. Like, what the fuck else? Like, you know what I'm saying? So many absolute legends and classics, bro. Undisputable classics that is like, damn, you know? So. For me, I just set that in my mind now. Like, does that mean tomorrow I'm gonna go and have a meeting with Dre and fucking have a deal? Like, no. But does that mean that someday down the road I'm gonna cross the path with him and it's gonna be the shit? Like, yes, it does. Period. You That's know. That's the power of visualization, yeah. bro. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, bro. People don't realize the power of this shit out here, bro. People don't, bro. Like, for real, man. I know billionaires and shit off of photography, off of just doing shit for free for people, just because I want to show love. And guess what? What comes out of that? Oh, I'm gonna meet a fucking billionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I when I barely even I got like ten thousand in debt to my name, bro. But for、yeah. real, I'm fucking eating a fifteen hundred dollar lunch at the same time. You know what I mean? And that's what life's all about, bro.、Really? It's all about that shit. You know? But you understand. People trying to act like they ain't struggling, man. You know how many fucking rappers' houses I've been to where they ain't even got fucking furniture in that motherfucker? For real, bro. Yeah. And that's Yo, from a photographer's standpoint of view. So you know this shit real. That's you, nothing、yeah. gets more visual than that, bro. Yeah. You understand though the power of bartering. You know, there's some people、yeah. that instantaneously want to return, and there's some people that understand that you know what, this is an investment, and the return will pay off greater later. Yeah, you know, for me, I'm looking at it as like Apple started 15 years ago for me. I've been invested in that stock since fucking day one. I'm talking about myself. You know what I mean? In myself. You know, I'm in it for the fucking long run. I'm not in it for fucking Bitcoin numbers or, or none of this short squeeze AMC GameStop shit. I'm in it for the long fucking run. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not like. And and that's the key with myself. I'm in it for the long run, bro. Because 
you know, the reason I ain't showed photographs like I've showed, the reason I ain't rap for people like, like I know I can rap, the reason I ain't showed art the way I know how to show is because when I do, like, I'm gonna be able to say like, motherfucker, you, you have, if I can stand up to my standards, I know I'm one of the greatest of all time, period. You can't tell me nothing different. Let me quiz you and see what the fuck you know. And then let's go against notes. You know what I'm saying? Let's go against field notes. What do you know? You know? Yeah. You think um you think it still holds true? Like back in the days, I know for photographers, people used to always say, "Oh, this person has an eye." Do you still need to have an eye, or it's gotten to the point where where you got a good filter and you? Oh, you gotta have an eye. No, no, you gotta have an eye, bro. Come on, come on, filter my ass. Get the fuck out of here. Filter is gonna capture emotion. Filter is gonna capture reality. Filter is gonna capture what's really fucking going on. Think about it. All the shit that you see on a daily basis on Instagram and all this bullshit is composed, bro. It's manufactured, bro. There ain't no fucking like. Look at art, bro. Perfect example. Look at Basquiat. Look at fucking Andy Warhol. Look at Raphael or any of the old masters, bro. Look at art now. We talk about contemporary art. Maurizio Catalan fucking duct tapes a banana to a wall in Art Basel, and that bitch goes for 150,000, bro. That shit is manufactured like a motherfucker, bro. There's a difference. We live in a world now where it's like everything is manufactured. Fuck out of here! Stop manufacturing shit. Be real. Be yourself. Come with something new and be innovative. That's why people love Andre 3000 so much, man. He knew when to quit because he was like, as soon as I start trying to be like other motherfuckers, it's over. man, it's over. It's <laughs> over. I'm retired. I'm retired, bro. Uh, so I got a question for you. You mentioned a, a few minutes ago with him about retouching and stuff like that. A lot of a lot of people don't exactly know what retouching is and how big that industry is. Can you explain to people what retouching is and, and how big that industry actually is? Especially like when you mentioned the Instagram people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like there, there's a difference. When you get into the world of retouch, there's people who know how to do very specific things like how to do skin retouch, how to retouch the skin, which what I mean is to edit a photograph so it actually looks perfect, you know. There's people who know how to properly do frequency separation. I mean, you can dodge and burn. There's so much that you can do in a retouch. There's color grading, there's curves, there's highlights, there's there's shadows, there's blacks, there's adjustments, there's exposure, you know? There's color, color differences, there's filters you can use. I mean, there's so much possibility, sharpening. I mean, the possibilities are endless, you know? And retouching is a major thing in photography. Like, real photographers, you know, it's like putting your brush to the fucking canvas, you know what I'm saying? It's not like just, hey, click. Like, okay, cool, I have a great picture. It's like, yo, let me put my brush to the canvas on the shit and make it art. You know what I mean? And that's that's really what retouching's about. I'm I'm very fortunate on this past photograph of, that I did of Shaquille O'Neal for Wall Street. I um I reached out to this dude who I've looked up to for a long time. And you can see on my Instagram page his his name is Pratik Nayak. And he is undisputably probably the best retoucher in the world. I hit him up and I was like, yo, bro, like I know you're busy and shit, like, but I, I got a photograph I'd love for you to retouch you know at Shaquille O'Neal like what would you charge me what are your rates all this stuff and he writes me back and he's like yo man I haven't taken on any new clients in like five years you know what I mean but like you know I'm I'm a huge fan of Shaquille O'Neal and like I enjoy your work and like you know what I mean I'll look out for you on this shit like you know I'll do it for free 
So it's like, damn, bro, this is Pratik Nyack. This motherfucker charges like five grand a, a retouch. You know what I mean? This is the ledge, you know? This is the biggie of retouching. I'm like, you know, it's for real. He's, he's like, look up Pratik Nyack, bro. This dude is so genius. He invented fucking panels for Photoshop. Wow. Like actual panels to retouch. Damn. Like skin retouch, color grading, all this stuff. He's a genius, man. He's an absolute genius. Like, and um, so, you know, for me, retouching is, is putting your art on it. And, you know, the thing I love about Pratik is you'll give him a base and you'll be like, okay, this is what I want. This is how I visualize. This is this. And he can really just kind of put his, his sauce on it, you know? It's just like music. Music is the same way, man. You, you got your fucking engineers. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't pay enough credit, credit to engineers, but, you know, I'm lucky enough to know Jason Joshua. Jason Joshua is one of the greatest engineers of modern day. You can look it up, J-A-Y-C-E-N, -J and Joshua, and, and this dude is a fucking beast. He did, he's done over a hundred number one hits. Like, he's a legend. He's Dave Pensado's, uh, he's Dave Pensado's apprentice. And Dave is another super legendary engineer as well. And, you know, like a Rick Rubin almost, you know, or, <clears throat> but I always believe it's like whatever you do and it goes back to retouching too you know if you're gonna do something and you want to do it the best you got to find the right people to join on the team that's a fact we got a question from a viewer he said who are your top five dream clients to work with oh damn top five dream clients to work with okay I would love to work with Drake um I would, and not necessarily work with, but maybe just capture, you know what I mean? I'd love to capture Andre 3000. I haven't gotten to Andre yet. Um, I'd love to photograph Jeff Bezos. I ran into Jeff Bezos in Paris last year, but I didn't get a chance to be able to have him sit down for a portrait. Um, Elon Musk. And then honestly, the Dalai Lama, man. I have really wanted to photograph the Dalai Lama. I wow. think the Dalai Lama would be crazy too, you know? I'm surprised he didn't say Dr. Dre. Well, Dr. Dre, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get to Dr. Dre anyway, so I don't even wanna put him on the list. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel, you know what I mean? I, that's good. I feel like me and Doctor are gonna be close because we gonna rap over some music shit, but we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. Tell us, tell us about the Weston Watson agency um, and what branding entails and why it's important to have branding. Okay, yeah, um, me and my wife have an agency called Weston Watson Agency. We've, we've slowed down on it a little bit, but we're picking back up after COVID. But, um, you know, before everything I was doing for clients, I was really just doing through that myself. I was like, yo, man, like, maybe I should put out some representation for other people, you know what I'm saying? Um, I got a few other people that I've worked with along the lines of certain things. I don't really have it solidified as like a full-time staff yet, but I definitely look for that to be happening in the near future, you know what I mean? My wife is, is a genius, she's a business genius. Um, she owns a company called Cacao Atlanta. She manufactures chocolate and is a chocolate extraordinaire and just an incredible genius businesswoman, you know what I'm saying? It's like what they said, like Thomas Edison and Henry Ford could have never done it without their wife. And, you know, I, I very much feel that way about me and my career and everything that I've done. So it's really us coming together, her business mind and my artistic creativeness coming together and just trying to make incredible product. And 
and brand and strategize and, and help other brands really just elevate to where it is that they want to go, you know, aesthetically, photographically, you know, design aspect, everything. Have you thought about getting into um, like the, the film aspect, like, you know, doing doing videos or doing short films? I love the idea and concept of film, to be honest with you. I, well, this is just for me personally. I hate sitting and fucking being in premiere and, or, you know, final cut or whatever the fuck and sitting there and piecing together the shit. I just feel like it's so time consuming and I'm like, damn, I just want the shit to be done. But the concepts and visually how I want stuff to look and lighting, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I love video from that, from that angle and storytelling. You know, I love storytelling. I, I like the idea of music, but like in beats being a storytelling sound like they're telling a story, almost more cinematic than just fucking, you know, a dope beat. You know, I yeah. kind of want it to feel like it builds up and, 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 and opens up like a flower a little bit, you know? But yeah, for I'd say for me, probably in this order, like passion wise, music is first, photography second, Fashion is third in design and art, fine arts. Um, and then probably four is like dancing. I love dancing. I, 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 you know, that was my first passion. My first real passion was dancing. Yeah, man. You're artistic too. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I feel like it's it's taken some years, you know, it's taken some years to be able to do this, you know. I'm I'm still I'm still young, you know. I'm 27 years old. I'm trying to trying to figure out how to how to make all this stuff work and all this stuff happen. And, and I've been perfecting this stuff since I was like 14, you know? Writing, dancing, doing all this shit, you know? But stuff takes time. The fine wine needs to age, man. I'm telling you, it does. Man, I seen I seen you with the car um, on a plane. What's your equipment of choice though you prefer? Uh, I was gonna ask. Or, or you like to be in the studio? Um, yeah, you're not a Fruity Loops guy, are you? No, no, I'm not a Fruity Loops guy. <laughs> Not. Okay, good. Um, my my MPC of choice right now. I I haven't used the Akai because I can never afford that shit. I'm gonna be real. <laughs> like I can never get an XL three thousand. I'd always look at them and be like, damn, they want fifteen hundred and two bands for this shit. But <laughs> I ended up going and I I freestyled at the show one time and I met this dude. He played violin in Atlanta. His name's Ken Ford. I don't know if he's around anymore. But I met this dude when I first moved to Atlanta. And he was like, yo, your shit's dope. And you know, at the time I had moved out of Orlando and I had like hijacked a bunch of beats from producers there. So I went to Atlanta and was like, yo, I made this shit. I produced this shit, this shit's hard. Acting like totally dyslexic, bro. I go to beat battles with other people's beats and shit, bro. Just flexing on them. <laughs> and, you, was, uh, you was playing them on CD? Playing bro, the beats on CD? I was playing them shits on CD, bro. You been having uh. <laughs> on a flash drive in this motherfucker like trying to act like I'm a producer and shit when I first get to Atlanta and um this dude Kim Ford I was playing him like a beat he was like yo you produce this I was like yeah man he's like yo I got a I got a fucking uh, native instruments machine I want to give you bro cause I was like yo man I ain't even got I ain't got a machine I can't produce anymore so he ended up giving me a native instruments machine bro and that's when it was like kind of the new shit you know it like just come out and um so I was like sitting down, I had my laptop, you know. It's interesting how I even got the music in the first place, bro. When I was in high school, 
we didn't really have I didn't have money really to go to college my I was raised by my grandparents they didn't really they didn't they could have financially afforded to put me in college but you know it would have put them in a financial situation so my grandma was like adamant on me doing well in like our ACTs and shit so I took like a course for this ACT and I don't think I did fucking good on that shit at all I don't even know what I I know I did bad on that shit but um anyways I took this class for it and this lady heard my story like with my dad and like my mom how I hadn't spoken to my mom in like years how like some shit it really went down crazy abuse and stuff and um you know had heard my story and was like yo I heard about this scholarship this lady at, at this thing for the ACT practice class was like yo I heard about the scholarship it's called the Daniels Fund like you should apply for this shit like it's a full ride like and they do it for I guess you call it like troubled kids or like less what do you like how do you say it without sounding fucking stupid like uh, people who probably have like, yeah people who went through hardships there we go so people who went through hardships and it was out of four states colorado wyoming new mexico and utah and um i um there were i think five thousand applicants and you had to be nominated by someone so this lady knew the mayor of my small town and she nominated me for this shit and you know I ended up going and and like filling out all this paperwork for this shit, doing the crazy amount of where it was like 10 essays you had to write about your life, you had to do all this shit. And if they liked you, <coughs> they do an interviewee process. So you come down and you sit in front of the board of the directors for the scholarship program. So I sat in front of them and you know I told them my life story and they were like, cool, like maybe we'll get in touch with you. So time goes by and like I just graduated from high school I'm trying to figure out what the fuck I'm gonna do you know and I get this letter in the mail and my grandma opens it up and she just starts bawling crying and I'm like what's wrong like what happened you know what I mean she's like yo like you won the Daniels Fund scholarship and I was like what like full (laughs) ride to any school you could get into books travel fucking I got paid to go to college for real which is how crazy it was my grandma went so hard for me on the scholarships and shit that I ended up winning she ended up finding like 15 of them and I ended up winning like seven of them so I ended up getting paid to go to college because my grandma just she's a beast like that you know what I mean she just is like I learned my work ethic from my grandma like for real she she's just a go-getter She's been taking care of my, my grandfather's been dealing with cancer for the last fucking nine years of his life and is like super fucked up and like is still at home because my grandma takes care of him day to day. Like, and, um, but anyways, how I get into music from that, this leads into music, right? So this is my first experience with like production or doing anything. So I end up getting with this scholarship program, you win a laptop, right? So you gotta choose between a PC and a Mac. And I was like, man, I'm choosing a fucking Mac. I'm like, what? <laughs> PC's wacky as shit. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't wanna be on an Acer over here in this bitch. So I choose, like, and we didn't have money like that for a Mac. Bro, Macs are like $1,500 at the time, you know? And I'm growing up, we're on a budget. So like, I end up getting this Mac and it has fucking GarageBand. And I'm like, yo, this is like a fucking recording software. And this is like 07. Yeah, no, 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 this is later than that. This is like, 
maybe 09, 010, and so it's cool, like the software is cool, and we ended up going and getting this software and fucking around with it, and I end up like going and being on iTunes going crazy and down, like just finding different beat albums, right? Like producers who just do instrumental albums. So like, I'd find like Black Milk or Jay Dilla or Ninth Wonder or like, you know, any of these these artists, because at the time you couldn't really, I don't know, maybe you could and I wasn't up on game, but at the time you couldn't really strip YouTube audio. You know what I mean? That, that didn't really exist. So like, You'd have to download the actual instrumental and drag the MP3 into GarageBand to record. Mm. And you know, then I just I just started freestyling. I was fucking trash and garbage, bro, for the longest. For like horrible, making garbage ass songs. You know what I mean? From like high, like right out of high school. Then I then I I went and I, I fucking walked on and played football in college in Florida. And that was my first experience really being around African-American culture. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a white boy from Colorado moving to, like, Florida. And, you know, 80% of my team is African-American. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'd always been hip on game for the music and shit. But there was no black people around when I was growing up. It wasn't on some racist shit. It was none of that. It's just I lived in the fucking mountains in Colorado. Like, we just didn't have it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was in culture shock though, going from going from Colorado to Florida. Well, it's what's crazy to me is I always it, it made me kind of feel like I was at home, bro. Because you know, for me, I never really had no home, and it's it's kind of cheesy to fucking say this, you know what I mean? But it's true for me. It's like hip hop race, you know what I mean? That's some real shit. Like slipping and falling by DMX was my fucking anthem in school, bro. Because I was going through some fucking shit with my dad, you know. I've been through mad different mazes, like mad different phases, like mazes to find my way. And now I know the happy days are not far away. If I'm lo- if I'm strong enough, I live long enough to see my kids doing something more constructive with the time. The biz. Like, yeah. man, I felt like that shit in my life. You know what I mean? I felt like I was doing a bid, living with my dad, being a fucking slave to that dude. For real. You know what I mean? Get my ass beat. Like, I just related to that. So growing up and listening to that shit, you know, or like Tupac, Brenda's got a baby. Like I felt like my mom was like that shit. You know, my mom was like never there for me and shit. You know what I mean? And just like, and you don't know how to deal with that. And then you hear Pac like talking about dear mama, like how they weren't really close, but like he still loved his mom. You know what I'm saying? And like, you got to like, that's, so I felt like I just related to that and, and it influenced me. And so when I got to Florida, it was just amplified. But the difference was, is like, I started to also realize that regionally, wherever you are, people fuck with certain music in regions. So what the, what the African-American community and shit is listening to in Florida is not the same as what the African-American community is listening to in, say, you know, Detroit or, say, New York or Atlanta. Like, it's different. It's, they listen to, like, some Miami shit. Like, <laughs> they were, at the time, Jukin was big. They had Grind Mode and fucking Iceberg. That, you know, Rick Ross had just came out, I think, with uh, Larry Hoover, you know? So it was just a different, it was a different feel. And it was like an exposure to music that I really hadn't been exposed to as much when I lived in Colorado, you know? Give us, give us, give us an underrated producer that's dope, but they don't get their props. Whoa. Damn. 
I asked Arsonist from the Heat Makers this also. An underrated producer that's dope, but they yeah, don't okay. get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you, Arsonist answer. Arsonist said, "Buck Wild," which I I was like, well, "You guys, that's that's, that's that's hard." I was just talking about Buck Wild today with Chemistry, that album with Ninth Wonder that he did. That shit is fucking crazy. Buck Wild is crazy. I mean, no, I'm tripping. I was, I was talking about Buckshot, not Buckwild. You, you don't read your Buck, Buck, some of the stuff that Buckwild did, like Buckwild did, I got a story to tell. For okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Buck yeah I need to go and listen to Buckwild, man, to be honest with you. Let me think about, for me, like, producers that I feel like. Because that's a, like, I feel like all the producers I know, like, I know them because they fucking are dope. You know what I'm saying? If they weren't dope, I wouldn't know them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the dope people are the people that you don't know that you discover that you're like, oh, this shit is fire, bro. Like, you know, I feel yeah. like, so like, for really, really to answer that question, I feel like me in a certain, in a certain sense, you know, I, I love, like, Alchemist. I love Mad Lib. I don't, maybe, you know, like, I but. You know, there's something for everybody. Some people it's more underground. Some people it's more commercial. I love a producer by the name of Jake One. Um, I think Jake One's based out here in California. Um, Zest One from People Under the Stairs is fucking crazy. Um, Knots, Knots the Ruler, Ski Beats. I mean, um, man, we've been trying. I've been trying to get Ski to come on for a minute. He's do. He does a Smack Pack, and. Uh, yeah. He has said at one point he told me he would come on after he spent, finished the Smack Pack Yo, I'll text Ski. I got Ski's number. I've been meaning to link up with Ski, man. I got a, I got a mad love for him, you know? Ski's crazy. I like Illmind. Illmind is fire as fuck. Um, there's just so many crazy producers, man. And there's so many different types of genres of music, too, you know? I love DJ Shadow. You ever listen to DJ Shadow? No, like, I haven't. Early legend, early legend, 90s, you know? Um... There's another producer named Dalius. I like him. He's in LA. But there's a lot of them. I mean, there's a lot that I could put people onto, but it all comes down to taste and preference, you know? What's, what's your thoughts on, I guess, sampling versus instrumentation? And I, I, I listen to your beats, and I know we talked about it before our viewers. In terms of what do you prefer? You prefer the use of samples, or you prefer a person to sit out and like literally play keys, play bass? I mean, I play keys, and I play guitar. Um. You know, I just, there's something about fucking sampling that brings it back to the root of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? You can't, it's an art form. It is. It's like, you know, it's like the difference between an abstract expressionist painting and a, and a, and a fucking contemporary piece of art. You know, it's two completely different things. For me, I think that sampling is just crazy. It's harder. Like, it gets you in a mood. It makes you feel a certain way. It's like a, you know? Like, so I, for me, I love sampling. I prefer sampling. I like to be original, too. I like to come up with original ideas. But I feel like even sampling is original because you're coming up with the drum patterns. You're coming up with the, okay, maybe you're laying another loop on top. Or maybe you're finding something that's in the same key that you want to add in yeah. and really blend it with, you know? It's, it's all about how you set the composition together. Yeah, but, I think a good producer uses a sample as an instrument. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. You couldn't have said it better, bro. Yeah. See, what's up? You, you got a question? Yeah, I, I was looking on the, the, the Instagram uh, not too long before we started uh, doing a live. And uh, I remember this, this this one beat you played. 
the one beat you played, it sounded like something like uh, J Electronica would, would, would rap to. Man, hold on, let me see. I think I, I got my. Computer. I think it's the one actually that that we put on our page uh, a couple of days ago. As, as far as as far as for us doing the interview, it was like a. It sounded like like a, it, it it was heavy, man. It was something that I know was right up J Electronica's alley. Yeah, man. I mean, there's there's a few things I'm working on now that I feel like, you know, if I could if I could just get a get a hold of the, you know, of the demographic, you know, I, like motherfuckers would dig it. I, I I feel like that. You know, I I still need, you know, I'm not Dr. Dre by any means, bro. Like I still need to learn my secret yeah, sauce. Yeah. Let me you Watson. You do. You say you're not Dr. Dre. You know, there's only one Dr. Dre. So that's what I'm saying. There will always be one Dr. Dre. But if there's someone I look up and and inspire to be one day with the ability to be able to make beats and produce, that's the guideline that I'm going by. Mm -hmm. Period, bro. He is like, for me, that's the Mount fucking Everest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I like, I don't know. So like, you I just I just did this one today. Uh, can you guys hear something if I... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, speakers. it's all like some Sono shit, so don't judge me from that. I'm not on fucking rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I got to play us a couple. I feel like this beat just, it kind of bang, bro. I don't know if this could even record like just freestyles, but I might bust like a little freestyle if you want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yo, let me bring it back, show you who the hardest. Matter of fact, the game, I'm just like James Harden in the garden. Motherfucker do regardless. This the way I show him that I'm really like an artist. Yeah, I bring it back. Yo, this on the Basquiat. Black dudes talking about the white boy in the barbershop. White boys talk about me in the parking lot. Damn, why? Because I took their parking spot. Yo, the bars are hot. I'm off the fucking top. This is fucking crazy. Yo, I'm blowing in. I never stop. I didn't chill at houses of fucking billionaires. But to be honest, don't give a fuck. Who really cares? Damn, yo, I'm spazzing like Vinny Paz. Rappers thinking that I got it. Yeah, I'm in the math. That just mean I got mathematics. My rhymes are so fantastic. Matter of fact, I flip it just like a bat flip, like it was gymnastics. Boy, you never seen some shit this fantastic. Yeah, you gon' go and get your ass kicked. Motherfucker flow, yeah, you know I'm on the rap shit. This is crazy, I got on the Japanese fit. Yeah, and I got your girl on the knees, bitch. Yo, hold up one second, I'ma please this. The way that I do it, I'ma go and I'ma plead fifth. Like it never happened, like I'm only rapping. Like I do this shit, motherfucker, and for the passion. It was all the action, that ain't never happened. People thinking that they better, they ain't never rapping. Like the motherfucking little baby wanna pay me. I'm going too fucking crazy on the bitch, about to pay me. Damn, you know that I'ma get it like I'm shady. Not a motherfucker in the world could just face me. This the freestyle, so in the meanwhile, I'ma bust a rhyme that they never seen he smile to the bitches walking by for the starting shit matter of fact used to rock to the parliament this is funkadelic yo it ain't never stop yeah i got the girl all up on the cock matter of fact got a girl all up in the dreadlock with the fucking wet cock yeah i got a headlock yo i got a baby out of wedlock uh yo i'm about to just just stop 
beat think I ran back like one time. Let me sit down and I can just recline. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Yeah, um, my bot, my bot. What's how you pronounce my bot's last name? Um, my bot. He's the co-founder of Genius. He was on also. He, he did a yeah. podcast. I think you got him beat. Yeah, he definitely got him beat. Yeah, yeah, you got him beat. You gave like thirty-two bars there. I think my bot had like eight in the chamber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nah, man. I, I I come from the freestyling, man. It's about like for real. All that written shit, cool. Anybody can sit down for fucking an hour and come up with some dope shit. Period. Some people can't. Show me what you got off the cuff, bro. <laughs> I could rap about anything in the room at any time, bro. Ready with rhymes. Do that. Have people raise their hand in the crowd and fucking give you a word and take fifteen words and put that in a rhyme. That'll impress me. You know what I'm saying? Show me you come from this shit for real, like whatever all this other little shit i'll go bro i'm telling you like only person that i'm like yo have super mad respect for on the freestyle shit actually there's a few there's a few eminem obviously goat super fucking casualistic expialidocious goat you know what i'm saying king los is an animal freestyling i'm sorry though i have freestyled with los los is one of the illest Elzai from Slum yep. Village, one yeah. of the illest fucking freestylers ever. Um, Black Thought, was not fucking with Black Thought at all. I'm sorry, like don't even mess with Black Thought. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a few of them, man. That I'm like, I got respect for the gang, and and that's where it comes from, you know. And all this other shit is great, but bro, I I'll tell you a crazy story one time. I had a show, I opened up, this band called me out to perform for, this has been, fuck, this was 2015, this band called me out to perform. And like, just, yo, like, we'll give you five minutes, whatever, over this fucking track, right? And like, come out, we'll pay you like 500 bucks. And we were opening up, it was it was for Mint Condition, Houdini, John B, Slick Rick, Gagged Edge, it was yeah. weird. <laughs> classic shit you know nappy roots was there it was like you know some big some big heads were there tony 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 with Raphael Sadiq. you know what i mean there there were some people there and they called me out and I, I come out and there's there's like you know there had to be like maybe eight to ten thousand people there some shit and this is early you know like and, and um the the promoter's like, what the fuck? Like, where's the singer? So, like, I'm there. The whole band is there. You know what I'm saying? But the singer ain't arrived. Like, the girl who's supposed to be doing this shit. And so we're sitting there. And, yo, the, the promoter comes in. He's like, yo, you guys, five min- you guys got five minutes to go on the stage. Like, what the fuck's going on? You know what I'm saying? Where's the singer at? And, and the MD of the band, um, he just won two Grammys, by the way, for working with Thundercats, so shout out to Big Vic on drums, man. Um, Vic came out and was like, yo, like, bro, like, we not going home, bro. This is a paycheck for us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we need to figure this fucking shit out right now. And he's like, bro, like, what do you got? He's like, we got a 40 minute set. Damn. And I was like, fuck, bro, are you serious? <laughs> he's like, we got a fucking 40 minute Set, bro. This is a true fucking story, bro. Swear to God. Vic calls me out. He's like, we got a 40-minute set. Can we just 
can we just can you freestyle the shit? I freestyled in front of ten thousand people for fucking forty minutes, bro. A whole entire set, bro. <laughs> whole entire set. People went fucking crazy, bro. Standing ovation. People were like, "This shit is crazy." Like, how the fuck? I explained what happened on the mic. I was like, "Yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Sing right here, but we gonna I'm gonna fucking rock with you." Let's turn up together. We having a good time. You know what I mean? And like, I, I went in the crowd and everything. It was crazy. Yeah. Said Forty minutes. Uh, Yo, you people give you a I ten minute show with their writings now. Yeah. Forty minutes. <laughs> that's like a, that's like that's 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 longer than Capadonna win awards verse. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Like, I, I really feel like this. It's like anybody, anybody can come with a written. Okay, you dope. But like freestyling, you trying to freestyle against me? I'm sorry, bro. I'm gonna take you on that one, bro. I'm sorry. And I'm just getting back into it now, bro. There was a time where literally, you know, 15 hours of my day was just thinking about rhymes. Literally everything that rhymes. Like, yo, you know, like. Oh shit, I got black sandals and wax candles and Jack Daniels, and, you know, whack <laughs> anthems and just fucking going with everything, bro. And, and, you know, just so repetitive in my head, like certain styles, understanding other people's flows, you know what I mean? And just really scientifically studying that shit, you know? Well, I got I tell you what, man. Last week, uh, I stopped by my cousin's house. And we have this little competition thing that we do with the songs, right? So he said, he said, cuz, um, let's battle. You know, he had the Bluetooth outside. We out there kicking back, drinking or whatever, you know, having a good time. So he had put, um, he had battled me to, 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 to for, uh, a Hot 97 best freestyles, right? Okay. So he was, put, he was putting on like My Son, Black Thought. The one that really impressed me, not to say that, Black Thought and my song didn't because it theirs, theirs was, was great. But I heard the freestyle that Voice the Five Nine did. No, Royce is bro. Royce is heat, bro. I swear that whole Detroit crew is crazy, bro. Like the Detroit rappers take that shit seriously too. You know, they just never got as much love besides Eminem as everybody else, you know, but the Detroit underground scene, they're crazy, bro. Like, for real. I, I got a lot of respect, too. I don't know if you guys were ever into, like, grind time, or now it's, like, URL or whatever. Course, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I, I, used, I used to love that shit, bro. Like, I used to love the old days, like, with Iron Solomon and fucking, um, you know, Murder Mook. Murder all of them, bro. Yeah. Like, what's 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 the dude that got signed as Young Money? Uh, Jay Mills. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Jay Mills. Yeah, Mills versus Mook. That was a classic battle. Oh, that was a classic. One of Yo, my favorites. The, the murder Mook versus uh, the murder Mook versus Iron Solomon was crazy. Yeah, it was too long though. They did five yeah, rounds. Too long. The murder Mook said, "Yo, he's like, what did he say? He said some shit like, like." Some you can't see him. He's like, if he's gonna win, that remains to be seen like fossils in a museum. I was like, oh my god, bro. There was another one. There's another dude that's super hard too. That was like, yo, I wish these, I wish these dudes knew better. He's like, I keep, I keep the AR in, in the top. I keep, the, what does he say? He's like, in the top dresser, I keep the. A R uh, the D E next to an A R like a love letter. 
That sounded like Cassie might have said that. Top dresser, I keep the D E next to the A R like a love letter, bro. I was like, oh my god. Now, yo, I tell you, like, I like those backlights, nice too. He is. Wait, Daylight is nice. Yeah, I like those. I like those battles. But the, some of them battle rappers, when it comes time to make a song, the songs do not be good, boy. Those songs no. are bad. Yeah, but that's, that's the difficult part. You know what I'm saying? That's the most difficult part about music, and that's the hardest part that I've had juggling with my whole career in music. Is like, bro, I know I'm one of the best freestylers, okay, but like, can I make records? That's two different fucking things, you know what I'm saying? Awesome. And then it's like, okay, well, I can make records if I feel the beat. Let me produce the beat. Okay, if I can produce the beat, I can figure out the words. I can figure out how to mold it and put all the shit together. Really, you the- know what the difference is? The difference is, though, that I think that they're missing is that they don't understand, like, there are some rappers that really understand melodies and appreciate oh, yeah, melodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You spitting hard on a beat. And that's where I think they get lost. But if you look now, you see a lot of those rappers that transition into doing a battle rap, like the Cassidy and stuff like that. They don't have the feel for understanding what it is to be in a crowd or, and you know, how to punch in those exactly. crowds and stuff like that. Like it's, it's two completely different worlds. So you could be, you could be lyrical, you could be a great recording artist, but it doesn't necessarily always translate well to when you get in a battle. And you could be a great battler, but can't make a record to save your life. Yeah, and it comes down to flows, man. Like, you know what I mean? Flows, and, and really, that's all that it is. Flows and melodies, bro. You know? No, no I got that beat. Like, I'm yeah. not... But yeah, the pocket. The pocket, man. You gotta be yeah. in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, doing, Flow. try to your pocket. Flows and melodies. I'm, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. The one that mastered that craft is Drake. I bro, think so. By far. Yeah, I his... I think Drake is going to go down as probably one of the greatest artists of all time. I like it. Yeah, I can see that. Artists in that. Period, bro. You just won artists of the decade, bro. They've been holding it from Drake too long. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's why I said that I put him in my five. I put him in my five of artists I'd love to work with, bro. Drake. Period. You know what I mean? Period. Drake is a beast. Well, let me say this even more. Noah Forty is a fucking beast, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, Noah is a beast. You got the, the the genius behind the sound. Like, give it up, yeah. To Noah. Yeah, yeah they, they work well together. I, w- I wonder though, like, um, top five artists. When it's all said and done, you think it'd be a top five MC though? I think mm-hmm. I think it's bigger than MC. I think MC is a category of its own. We're talking about we're talking about money. We're talking about number of hits of records. Like I'm I'm thinking along the lines of Michael Jackson, Beatles, fucking Led oh, yeah. yeah, I agree with you that. MC oh, yeah. MC lyrically, I don't know. It's hard for me with Drake because I know who Drake ripped his style from. He ripped it from Fonte of Little Brother, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. going from the little brother, bro, listen to Fonte and tell yeah. Drake didn't totally just rip shit you, you know, know why you know why it's hard for you too because you're a purist and as a purist purist whole MCs to a higher standard than just selling records and I, and I'll say that Drake to me is married both like Drake definitely got MC skills and he's yeah. but when you start talking about like top five MCs I don't think I would have Drake not at this point in time I don't have yeah. Drake on top five. I don't even think honestly personally I may be bugging my standards but honestly I don't think Drake has a, a, a classic album under his belt 
disagree with you, bro. I gotta disagree. I think that every album Drake has dropped is classic. Is it a classic album? Everyone. Every single one, bro. Tell me one that doesn't like that doesn't bang all you could bang all the way through, bro. And I'm, I get why you're saying that. Maybe and maybe this is just an assumption you should never assume because it makes an ass of you and me or whatever, or me of you, whatever. But <laughs> like, you know, I think that Drake, this is the thing with Drake. Drake is a genius at mimicking styles. Ain't Chameleon. No better yeah. at mimicking styles than Drake. And that takes a genius to be able to do that, you know? Now, make the singing and even the filtering, shout out to Noah Forty for the originality on all that shit. And I'm sure that Drake had his hand in it, you know, for real. It was a baby and he was holding it the whole time. But, you know. I think that as far as like, yo, completely left field and originality, you know, there's a lot of originality there. And I think it's more than an MC. That's why I say it's more than an MC. That motherfucker, an MC, he an R&B artist. He'll put out an R&B record. You know what I mean? He'll jump on the track with anybody who's, he'll fucking take Lil Durk and make Lil Durk number one artist in the world. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. like, I think like, what are you doing? Like, if you Chino. get a record, you're out of here. The only person who ain't got out of here with the Drake record is that coming up on a Tuesday, motherfucker. I forgot what the name <laughs> Oh, uh, McConnell. Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> and McConnell. McConnell. Yeah. McConnell. McConnell. So, yeah, here's, you know. my, here's my thing. Here's my thing with Drake. Like, I think that, um, I don't deny, like, I think Drake can make a great record and a, a great single. But when you start talking about like, there's classic albums that people have made that are staying the test of time. Like, you know, like Jay-Z has his Reasonable Doubt. Nas has his Illmatic. Kanye, I think has a string of um, classic albums. Like Kanye, arguably, College Dropout, Late Registration, and Graduation, classic albums. Eminem, um, the Slim Sadie LP, and Marshall, Marshall Mathers yeah. LP. You know, 50 Cent, Get Rich and Die Trying. And when I think about the Drake albums, I'm like, take care. Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. I'll agree with you, okay. on, I'll agree with you on that. And I'll give you, Drake doesn't have an Illimatic though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he doesn't have an Illimatic. And, and his last album. As far as consistency. Oh, okay. you can't take that from him. Yeah, he's always going to get the record. Bro, ain't nobody more consistent than Drake. You know what and I'm he, saying? He's a victim, like, though. He's a victim of the song of the week on radio. He's, yo, he's a victim of his own success in this regard. Like that last album, I think it was Scorpion. And he had, there were so many songs on there. I'm like, man, if you would have just made that like 12 songs, yeah, that would have been your, your classic album. You yep, know, like, yep, yep, he, yep. I, I won't deny the dude is talented. He makes great music. But as far as like when you, you start talking about like those classic, classic hip hop albums, I don't have, I don't have him making one yet. And that's not to say that he won't make one. I just don't, I don't. Put it like he don't have an only bill for Cuban links, oh, you know. To, yeah. yeah, to me, he doesn't have a timeless album yet, and that's how I evaluate classic albums. Like I could put only bill for Cuban links on right now, and still get that same vibe that I got when I popped that tape in. Yeah, as I like he has a thirty-six cameras. He ain't doing it. You I know say, what I, mean? I say one of the main variables out of that. Now, don't get me wrong, I definitely agree with what you said because only bill for Cuban links is in my top five of all time. Ever to me, but that 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 contrast with Raekwon's albums or and, and Drake's albums, them dudes talk about two totally different planets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm so 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 
Drake make more music for the ladies. Raekwon mm-hmm. makes music for the dudes. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. Growing up, there's a bunch of women that I know still to this day that I've known for over 30, 30 some odd years that still bang that only book of Cuba links. Various yeah, times throughout the week. That's because you but and New York. got a whole nother <laughs> planet because the main, and the, 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 the main catalyst is the artists that you guys named before, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mainly, they, they only have one big machine behind them. Drake is privileged to where he has Jay Prince and he has Baby behind him. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's so Jay Prince, like, come on. That's interesting you said that. That's I met Jay. I, I met so, Jay. So, even talking about that, like if we talking about genre, you know, because I do believe that there's a difference between oddly hip hop and rap. Like to me, rap is much more commercial pill hip. Pop to me is about the elements of more of a purist vibe. But if we talking about, to me, a classic album is a classic album. Like you could still put on a thriller off the wall and say that this this person, Michael Jackson had a classic album. No matter how you feel about him or whatever it is, For sure. he had a classic yeah. album. So we, we, you know, to separate it into these subgenres and start talking about, well, Only Built For Cuban Links was a street album. If the Infamous was a street album, Drake album is for women. Um, you know, it could be for a woman. Like LL Cool J had um, what was it? What was the album that LL Cool J had? That Mama said, "Knock you out." Mama yeah. said, "Knock you out." And LL Cool J's core audience at that time probably was like 70 percent women. But Hell that, yeah. put the shirt off and shit, LL. <laughs> but that's what I'm like, so whether I don't care who you who you make it for, like a classic to me is undeniable. On that line too, like Ja Rule is that fucking. Way. Uh, I'm just saying that 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 comparison to me wasn't wasn't a fair comparison. That's like that's like comparing Jay Z and Nas or Biggie and Tupac. Now, most people let me finish first. But I think people like when they compare Jay Z and Nas and Biggie and Tupac, nah, it makes sense to compare Nas and Tupac and and Jay Z and Biggie. You see what I'm saying? But 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 don't get me wrong, shot. I mean, Raekwon stuff is incredible, but. The other, the other thing I, I, I wanted I wanted to get to is I think the one thing that that will shake up the whole music world right now, which I think is coming, I think it's going to be a collaboration album of The Weeknd and Drake. Oh God! Hey, no, listen, listen. I, you know what? All right, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me get the click. Yeah. Oh man. The weekend and Drake. I mean, yo, yo, weekend comparisons to like Michael Jackson and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. The, the weekend, the weekend is like the Michael Jackson of our time right now. Not no. saying he has better music than Michael, but no. I'm saying the so, I think Chris Brown would disagree with that. I got something to say on this, man. <laughs> all the, but look at this. The weekend just rips Michael Jackson shit, bro. And the weekend can't. <laughs> Michael is the perfect artist, but yeah. the weekend is trying to exactly replicate what Michael was. You know what I mean? Ability. Except without the yeah. struggle and without the story behind it, bro. Michael went from black to white, bro. Are you fucking kidding me? Name something more legendary than that, bro. And then said it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Name something more legendary than that, bro. This motherfucker two races in one, bro. Are you gonna compare the weekend to that, bro? This motherfucker's <laughs> white and black, bro. Most incredible. Yeah, oh Rob, Rob, Rob is in the audience. 
Rob is one of Rob is one of our co-hosts. And Rob, you tell me, Rob. Rob, I don't know how much Drake, but Rob is like a hip hop purist guy. Also, do you feel like Drake had a classic album yet? Just, just, just interested in, in hearing that. Like, cause I just feel like to me, like a classic album is a classic album. I mean, the one album that I like probably the most, like, damn. You know what? Nah, nothing. I think nothing was the same, and probably thank me later. Oh, thank you. Yeah, those I two. Like, I like that. I like that album. He did. Uh, if you're reading this, it's, it's it's too late or whatever. That was I like one of my favorites by him. Nah, I, 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 I love that album. I think Drake strategically, like a lot of people say that that you know he works with these younger guys. Those are strategic movements too, because if Little Baby and was people wasn't on the top, he wouldn't be making songs with them. Bro, so he makes songs with guys that already hit, so they already up with the strategy. He's a genius, bro. What's the easiest way to keep yourself on top, bro? What's the easiest way to keep yourself on top? Put yourself around the people that are relevant right yeah. now. Yeah. Come on. It's a, it's a new generation. Yeah. I'll give him credit for this. I, I like the fact that he did the song with Dirk, because Dirk was Dirk was there, but I think that was one of his better songs in a long time, the one he did yeah. with Little Dirk. Yeah, I agree. But the, 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 the Laugh the, the, now, cry later. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I said. Yo, Drake, Drake gonna give you some singles. He gonna, you yeah. gonna get, you gonna, if he got an album that got 14 songs on it, you gonna get like four singles that's gonna be like earth shattering singles. Yeah. What you talking about, bro? Drake got more singles than a strip club, bro. That motherfucker. Yeah. He gonna give you some singles and you pack it, package it all together. You like, uh, skip. Uh, skip. Oh, this is the song that was on the radio. Skip. Oh, it's the other yeah. one. Radio. Skip. Skip. You know, so not taking anything away from him because I like Drake and I think Drake is a great artist. I'm just waiting for him to make that classic, that classic album to me. And I, and I, to me, like I said, like classic is timeless. Like I still could throw on like tribe albums. I still could go back to, you know, like the cliches of albums like Ready to, uh, Ready to Die. Yeah. Like, also it's relative, though. It's relative, though, because you love that album because of the point you were in your life at that period of time. You know okay. what I mean? Get Rich or Die Trying. Like, I feel that way about the Carter 3, bro. The mm -hmm. Carter 3 was one of the hardest albums. That was a classic album. Yeah. It was so hard. And the promotion, you know, and everything. And, like, it's just where we were at that point in time in our lives. And, like, what was the shit back then? We live in a different world now. Motherfucking robots are about to be delivering fucking groceries. <laughs> Bro, I swear to God, I was driving down the road today and a damn robot, my boy pointed to it and he was like, yo, check that out. It's like, what the fuck is that? He's like, he's delivering some food to someone. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I live in the middle of North Carolina and nowhere. I ain't seen shit like that in fucking ever. <laughs> For real, bro. He was like, yeah, man, they got drones now. The motherfuckers can stand on and fly around and shit. Yeah, you I know what that. they say by, by uh, the year 2035, uh, robots and artificial intelligence and all that is going to take over like 68%, if not more, the job market. I believe that. Yeah, I mean, every job is pushing for automation. That's, that's kind of where it's going. Yeah. Yeah, people better start listening to Andrew Yang with that living wage. Yeah. What the fuck are people gonna be doing? That's what I'm doing. Like, if you ain't fucking out working, what the fuck are you gonna do? That's the thing. That's what's gonna suck is the people that are on the bottom are gonna be stuck at the bottom for real, for real, bro. You don't wanna be there. You better find a way to make yourself useful in this new world. 
real shit. It's not gonna be no middle class after a while. It's gonna be just poor rich. And with yeah. this Bitcoin stuff that's going on, I mean, they saying what? Uh, Bitcoin's projected by 2025 to be like uh, $2 million, if not more. I mean, come on. So that means what? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I mean, not more. Yeah. If the government doesn't end up trying to deregulate it before them, because they're trying to they're trying to get after that right now. I think I think I think initially the government wanted to do it, and you know, and then even back with the the major companies like J.P. Morgan and all that stuff when they was speaking against yeah. it. But 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 once 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 J.P. Morgan and all the Fortune 500s and then the Fortune. I mean, the Fortune 100 and then the Fortune 500 companies came in and they started putting Bitcoin on that balance sheet. They was like, look, I mean, instead of fighting it, they got to just go with the transition. It's kind of like with, 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 with Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett got old money. Warren, Warren Buffett's not rich. He's wealthy. Rich mm-hmm. is like having a $5 million mansion. Wealthy is like having yeah. a $5 million painting in your mansion. It's like what, what they say, rich is, rich is shot. Wealthy yeah. is the guy who signed Shaq check. Right. <laughs> but so, I gotta say Shaq Shaq is beyond rich, bro. Shaq's worth four hundred million. He's worth yeah. four hundred. Like once you pass your threshold of the hundred million, you wealthy, bro. Hundred million is yeah. a lot of money, bro. That's a lot of fucking money. Now you could blow a hundred million if you a dumbass, like you know, Evander and Mike Tyson the first go round. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but you know, you wealthy at a certain point, bro. Like, if you could go out and you could spend fifteen hundred dollars for lunch and it doesn't really affect your bank account, like, you're like good. Penny in the bucket. So that shit every day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you gotta watch your shit, but that's still really wealthy, bro. The majority of Americans live off of fucking credit card, bro. I don't care who you are. People talk all that. You know what I'm saying? I do that shit where I am right now. You know what I mean? But that don't mean I'm gonna be here forever. So that's just the way it goes, you know? Because it costs money. It costs money to make money, bro. It costs money yeah. to... It, it does. You got to spend money to come out and meet with motherfuckers to be able to pursue your dream. You know what I'm saying? And, like, in, in the action of that, if you have faith, if you have belief, God's going to find a way to bring the checks. Get it back. You yeah. Get it back. Find a way to put the check in your pocket. He is, because you're doing what he's destined for you to do. So, you know what I'm saying? I came out here in L.A., Bro, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, I think I'm 10 in debt right now, 10 grand. But I already came up on like seven since I've been out here. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's that's the movement. You know what I'm saying? It's not always going to be there every day. It's still an artist. You're still struggling until you aren't. You still got to figure out the shit. But if you have the faith and the belief, bro, I'm telling you, it goes so far. It goes so far, bro, because God will open the path. He does. In the crazy- yeah, I'm glad you said that. Right before you get on, Sha, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you said that because I know you heard about The Rock story, right? This dude had like $7 to his name and he said, he's never going to have $7 in his, in his wallet again. And then from then, he just, you know, had, had in his mind that he was going to make it. So, make many, it big so many crazy stories. Like the, the one I always love to think about is the one with Sylvester Stallone, bro. Sylvester Stallone's oh, yeah. fucking dog, bro. To be able... To get enough money to be able to go to the meeting or some shit to have for um for Rocky. Yeah. And like they didn't want him to star in it. They they offered him like 150, 200,000 for him to not star in his own movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he was like, nah, man, I'm starting it. So he took less 
and then fucking went and was able to star in it. It was a smash, and then he went and he paid. Get this, the guy gave him. I think it was it was like either 15 or 150 bucks for this dog, bro. He went back. The guy wouldn't sell him the dog. He had to pay fifteen thousand dollars for the because dog on, yeah. and put the dude in the movie. Give him <laughs> the movie to be able to get his dog back. <laughs> Man, before I let you go. I want to ask you one question. You don't have to answer it if you feel like it's going to hurt your business. But I was going to say, I'm sure people ask you who's your, who, who's the favorite person you photograph. I want to know who's the least per, least favorite person that you've ever photographed and why. Mm-hmm. If you feel comfortable sharing with us. Who's you like, who, who is it that you like, I never want to take another picture of this person? Uh, okay, I guess I'll say Kiki Wyatt. Really? That's not wow. it. She strikes me as a troubled soul. And you know what? I need to, I need to, I don't have anything against Kiki. I don't have anything against her. She, and you know what? It could have just been the time when I photographed her, but I took, I took pregnancy pictures of her for free and she was just a complete asshole about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Wait a minute. Why for free? Okay. So this is another crazy thing. During the beginning of the duration of my career, like, Probably 80 to 90% of the people I photographed, I did it for free. Build your wow. Geek yeah. down, motherfuckers. I sat outside in the backstage of the tabernacle for fucking four hours to get that photo of two chains like this, bro. <laughs> Dude, the guy who had my ticket, I had a connect. He's like, my boy got a ticket in the back. He gave the ticket to some random chick and let her in. My ticket, bro. And I couldn't even get in there. And then randomly, two chains was shooting a documentary, and my homeboy was one of the dudes that was filming on it, and he let me in. And I set up a whole backdrop backstage. And this was the time he was doing the the the, the trap house tour or whatever with the fucking pink house and all that shit. And he tore his Achilles tendon, and he was in a wheelchair. And this Man. motherfucker on a wheelchair five minutes before he went on stage, and I captured that image. Yeah. A lot of them were free, bro. Lenny Kravitz was free. I chased him down. Philip Klein was free. Um, but then a lot of them, like, now I just, like, now I'm at a point where I just charge for them because everybody, like, a lot of people just want the shot. You know what I mean? It's kind of become a classic, you know? So, you know, now it's like, typically I charge, depending on who the person is, you know, and I don't really often like to talk rates and shit, but, you know, minimum like three grand for a black backdrop portrait to five depending on how cool we are like how i know you you know what i'm saying and i just because that way like i, I don't want to straight focus on just photography as much anymore i want to get to the music you know for yeah. real and i'm using it to fuel the music bro like I, i'm not i'm not like you know, i've done the thing with photography but i've been all over the world with photography i went to ethiopia and photographed the tribes in ethiopia right. india i, I meant photo- to ask you that yeah yeah. So what's the deal? Tell us about tell us the Kiki story. Oh, uh oh. I met this dude. I think his name is Andre. He was like, uh, he was doing something with her over the time, and I was like, yo, let me. I want to get a portrait of Kiki Wyatt. Like, you know, I respect her. Like, I still respect her, dude. That motherfucker is cold. She sings like her voice is crazy, and she plays drums. She is like a for real artist. So it had nothing to do with her artistry. She's an incredible artist. She just like was having some shit going on at the time. I think she was pregnant, 
her husband like had done some shit to her. She had like tried to attack him with a knife or some crazy shit was on at that time in her life, you know what I mean? And she just didn't have the cool energy, you know? I, I took an incredible picture of her and asked her if I could post it, the photo shoot, then I posted it and then she flipped the fuck out on You know what I'm saying? So like, and that's the first time I've ever had happen. And I was like, motherfucker, you know, all right, you're not getting on a, fine. I'll fucking take your photo down. I took all her shit down. You know what I'm saying? So like, damn. Yeah, man. I, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people have photographed, like I'll hold on to me. Just because I have mutual respect sometimes. Like I got a photo of T.I. and R. Kelly together, a portrait of them together. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And with the shit going on right now, like. Yes. That's a $75,000 photo right there. But you know what? I'm loyal to the game. And T.I.'s like my brother, bro. I would never do some shit like that to my brother. Yeah. You know, some photos just got to go in the trash, bro. <laughs> oh, some photos just never need to be out there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you know and yeah man so but to, to go back to your point like yeah man I, I I believe highly in doing shit for free bro swear on god bro the greatest shit has ever come to me bro I swear the relationships I've built with people have been so much more valuable than money just yeah. from photographing people for free bro I'll give you a crazy story me and my wife were in the south of France staying in an Airbnb two years ago and um there's this funny sign. It's like parking for Aston Martin only. I'm like, no, he owns an Aston Martin. It's like a fucking joke, right? So like I'm talking to the owner about it. I'm like, that's funny. He's like, yeah, you know, it's my dream car, all this shit. Next thing you know, this fucking dude pulls up in this Aston Martin with his son. Right? <laughs> oh. an, Amer- an American, right? From New York, actually. And this is whose house I was just staying at. He lives in Spanish Harlem. But this dude um, pulls up. Pulls up with this Aston Martin. I'm like, yo, man, can I take a picture of you and your son with your car? Like, this is fucking hilarious. And he's like, man, I would love that. You know, him and his bro <laughs> trip and shit. And um, we start wrapping up. He's like, yo, what what are you doing next month? And I was like, I don't know. Me and my wife are going back to the U.S. Why? He's like, well, you know, he's like, I got three tickets uh, I'm a, to Burning Man. I'm going to send you them in the mail. So he sent me and my wife and my daughter three tickets to go to Burning Man. Burning Man's like a huge festival in in, in uh, Black Rock City in Nevada. And it's like the richest, craziest, most crazy designers and shit. People build shit over the duration of a year just to show it at Burning Man. Like you can look it up. It's crazy. The temple's made out of like completely wood and they burn it every year. It's insane. That's so, what Ja Rule wanted to have with the Fry Festival. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, were you able to build build some connections, a lot of connections over there during that oh, festival? Get this. So this is even, man, this is even crazier story. So rewind from this story. A couple months before, I'm in Italy in August, and the whole entire country of Italy is shut down. And um, because in August everybody goes on vacation, they go to Sardinia, they go to an island, and um, my wife's like, you should find something to do. Maybe you could work or something, you know, going in on me. And I was like, well, shit, you know, maybe um, I go down to the Bulgari Hotel. It's the nicest hotel in Milan. It's fucking nice. It's like minimum 1500 a night. You know what I mean? And 
I go and talk to the lady, the PR lady. I show her my photos. I'm like, I'd love to just shoot for you guys for free. Could you put us up in the suite, put my wife in the suite, give her like a spa day, whatever, you know? And she's like, yeah, I'll get back to you. And like two weeks went by. I didn't hear from her, no email. And then randomly one day she called me. She's like, what dates do you want? I chose the dates and ended up going down there and photographing for the hotel and everything. And I, I get these hotel key cards and I put them in a fucking lampshade and shit and um I end up photographing this dude comes up to me and is like yo what the fuck are you doing and I'm like I'm photographing these hotel key room cards in this lampshade for Bulgari and he's like that's pretty fucking funny and I was like yeah I know and he's like bro you wanna have a beer he's like sure man like why not and so we sit down and we have a beer and he's like, yo, next time you're out in LA, you gotta come and photograph my boy TK, um, Travis Kalanick, right? And which is the founder of Uber. So this dude was the head of Uber Asia and like had done Singapore, India, everywhere. So I end up going to fast forward back to the Burning Man. We end up going out to Burning Man this summer, right? After I meet this dude in, in France and driving with my daughter we go across the United States and she has like an, a, a tooth abscess coming in her mouth you know little girls eating too much candy and shit and she ends up having a fever halfway across the United States and we have to stop and we miss fucking burning but we already we drove all the way across the United States to go okay so like we arrive on the last day to Burning Man and I like get to see some of the shit on the last day and then we're like damn we just drove all the way across the country we might as well go to California my brother-in-law my my uh, wife's sister's husband um, was the sommelier at French Laundry which is a really nice restaurant owned by Thomas Keller in Napa Valley so he's like the wine guy there so we drove to Napa Valley and ended up going out there and staying with them and then we ended up pushing forward to San Francisco and my wife's like, yo, you should call this dude that we met in Italy at the Bulgari Hotel. And I ended up calling him and he was in San Francisco at the time. And I stayed with me and my wife and my daughter stayed with him for two weeks. Wow. And that, that's how I connected with my connect out in LA with, with, uh, with uh, Travis. And you know, I've spoken with Travis not very much to be honest with you because he's just so fucking busy and he's a billionaire, but I'm really good friends with all of his team. And then um, I photographed his father and the only piece of art he has at his new house is, is a portrait that I took of his father, which is pretty cool. Oh, so, yeah, so, you know, it's it's kind of like I was saying, bro, you, you do the free work and the shit fucking unfolds in the most magical way. You know, because you're having faith in God and you're like, damn, bro, this story is going to piece together. Eventually, the puzzle is going to come together so beautifully, you know? Yeah. And it's not about every day. Like, you wouldn't believe where I live now, bro. I live on an 80-acre cabin in fucking North Carolina with no cell phone service and no Wi-Fi in a cabin <laughs> from the 1800s, bro. You know what How I'm saying? How do you survive with no internet? <laughs> we give you a chance to break. With, with, with chickens, bro. I got chickens. I got two ducks. I got a koi pond. I got a garden that's 50 feet by 50 feet, bro. And I just make art and record music and live off the land, bro. And then yeah, I'm disconnected and I just, I, I, I learn to become one with myself and happy with, with the minor things in life. Because, bro, you can't appreciate the bigger things if you don't understand 
how to navigate with the minor things because bro it will fuck you up you will come out to la if you're not ready in your in your journey you'll come out to la you'll go to new york you'll fucking be snorting coke fucking six bitches get herpes and have some crazy shit fucking happen you drinking fucking tequila taking shots at fucking 9 a.m. in the morning, smoking, snorting coke all day. Bro, like, the shit is real out here. And if if you're not on the God path, you know what I'm saying? That shit will grab you by the fucking balls and expose all your vices in the absolute worst way, bro. Embarrassing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't even a man. Nah, go ahead, go ahead. To the point where you lose control. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, life's got you by the balls at that point because you're living in the fast lane. And that's what we're experiencing now, man. All these rappers don't know. Like, yeah, you may have came from the real shit, but you for real just been flexing the whole entire fucking time, bro. Like, learn how to disconnect and really get to know yourself and then come to the universe and show the people who you are. Because you know that's genuine. You can't hide yourself when you do that. Like... I'm glad you said that, man, because uh, there was a, there was an interview that uh, Jim Curry did, and he said once he went out to the wilderness, man, it's like he unplugged from the Matrix. Like, everything was heightened after that. Bro, think about it this way, right? I probably go to a party tomorrow with my friend, okay? They probably invited, like, 60 bitches to come over. Who knows what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? And, like, I got a wife, bro, and an eight-year-old daughter. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got a fucking man's job, bro. Like, all my boys here talking about pussy and fucking, like, two, three bitches in one time. Bro, I done did that, for real. That's why it's taken me so long to do art and all this shit, bro. Because that's, like, I was completely caught up in my vices, bro. Spending all my money on taking girls out to just fuck. <clears throat> real shit. Like, and we all been there. I'm not, I know it's not just me, bro. For real, like... The biggest three addictions is life is pussy, drugs, and money, bro. Those three things will get, will get you fucked up, for real. If you don't know how to control yourself and be a man and be at peace and be at center with yourself, this shit will control you, bro. Swear, bro. I used to have two, three girls come over in one night sometimes. Like, <clears throat> completely fucked up, you know what I mean? And, but a certain, the reason we all do that is because, like, I don't know about for anyone else, like I can't speak for anyone else, but you know, like if you don't have kids and you're alone or whatever, like you get lonely and shit. You know what I'm saying? People love to have people around and people love to be occupied and shit. And you love to feel wanted and to feel needed. Like that's the number one human necessity in life. So you, we all just fill a void with that shit as men sometimes, you know? At least for me, I know that I did. Like when I was alone and like I didn't have a woman for real, I had like three or four of them. You know what I mean? Just so I wouldn't be lonely and I didn't want to have to deal with the drama of, you know, one of them. So it's like, okay, cool. Go to the sideline for a second. I'm going to bring someone else in. You know what I mean? And I lived that that life for a long time. And and now I just look at it and I'm like, yo, I am focused on this music shit. Ain't no distractions coming from this shit, bro. I will not come this far and let God take me this far and like do some fucked up shit to ruin all that because that's when the devil tempts you the most bro it's right before you there bro you this close that motherfucker will step in well we gotta we gotta wrap but man it was a pleasure having an opportunity yo man i appreciate being on here yo like it's really dope meeting you for real you guys are all dope um 
I hope we can all stay in touch too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I come to New York quite a bit, man. The guy that I met from uh, from in France, in the south of France, he lives in New York, and I go and see him all the time, man. He's a he's a lighting designer. His name is Bentley Meeker. He's the truth, man. If you in New York or anybody on here is ever doing like a super big budget lighting project or some shit, he's the dude to do it, man. He's legit. He's an artist. Yo, on a, on a closing note, the missus said hi too. He said to tell you hi. Oh, what's up? Hello. <laughs> so we want to thank everybody for tuning in this evening. It's been a pleasure. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Salute. Thanks again, Watson. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, hey. my brother. Love to all hey. of you. Peace. Peace.